Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. And here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Jody, how you doing? Hello, Paul. How are you? And ho, ho, ho. Yes, it's the holiday season, right? It's upon us. We're in December. And uh, we were doing a little banter before the podcast as everyone's preparing for the holidays. Um, be much different this year. Hopefully next year we'll be somewhat back to normal. Uh, but this year, you know, I think uh, everyone is uh, optimistic that uh, 2021 will be a little brighter when it comes to the holiday season next year. But we'll make we'll make do, right? And um, that means maybe a little more intimate settings with the families and such. Um, what about yourself, Jody? What's been happening? Yeah, same same thing, you know, and and um, I, I'm I'm kind of philosophically okay with it being a little bit different this year. I mean, why not, right? It's you know, on the one hand, sure, it, you want to be with family, you want to get together, you want to do all that stuff, but the reality of it is, you, we probably shouldn't. So let's just make the best of what we can do, enjoy ourselves, and you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to turn it into a total bummer, right? You don't have to actually manufacture. Um, uh, holiday disappointment, for lack of a better phrase. So you know, you, you kind of make the best of it. Do it. Do a glass half full thing, is what I say. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny. On another note, I was. And you don't have to drive anywhere. That's right. That's <laughs> you right. You don't have to drive on the holiday. You just sit at home in your PJs. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. I did have a couple of financial issues, which I know I, I've been bringing them up lately. But uh, when I say financial issues, I, I, you know, I, I was very proud of myself, um, greasing up my garage door. And then I went to go do the second garage door. Of course, first world problems, right? I got two garage doors. But I went to go grease the second one, which didn't really wasn't making noise and didn't really need it. But I, I took it, you know, I, I followed the instructions and I almost broke it <laughs> trying oh, to get geez. it back on the track. So uh, be careful when you're doing these things. It, it makes for interesting um, dialogue for the podcast. But it would have been so interesting if I had to call the garage door repair people to fix my garage door but uh, I was kind of swinging it up and down I couldn't click it back in I finally got it and then we did have an issue coincidentally with the dishwasher we were getting a weird code on it and following the same mantra we've been talking about went to YouTube found the code and and it was funny it was all over the place it was everything from you need a new dishwasher to you know just different things right so I said you know what first rule of thumb let's turn it off We'll cut the power to it, let it sit overnight, and we'll try it again the next day. And that fixed it. Uh, the code went away, <laughs> so we're okay. Knock wood, right? Bingo, done. So sometimes you got to start with the with the the easiest fix, right? And That's and just true. like with troubleshooting a computer, just sometimes rebooting it, turning it off and on. <laughs> rule number one: most of the time it, fixes the problem, right? <laughs> so, yes, rule number one: plug it back in. So. Um, today, today's topic uh, that we'll go into, Jody, is healthcare in our golden years. Uh, the cost tied to elder care, elder care for ourselves as well as for the sandwich generation. But first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. Uh, the first news story uh, was very interesting to me, Jody. It kind of hit home. It was from the Washington Post. Uh, more people with bachelor degrees go back to school to learn skilled trades. And my wife actually coincidentally sent this to me. And I was reading through the article, and I, I had to agree with it wholeheartedly. I guess, the, in short, people with college degrees, they're, they're actually kind of doing a reset on their career, and they're looking at going into being a fireman or a policeman or, or 
or the electrical trades or, or whatever, you know, uh, is more of a skilled labor type thing. And they're finding uh, more money and more happiness. That's at least what I took away from the article. Um, I've always been a strong proponent of this, Jody, uh, for a long time. I've talked about it on previous podcasts. My brother is a brilliant mechanic. My uh, nephew is, is, is becoming a brilliant welder. Uh, I have a good buddy of mine, Angelo, owns his own electrical business, started out with uh, one truck. Now he's got, you know, uh, a dozen trucks and 20 guys working for him. Um, so I, I think it comes down to what we've talked about in the past is, is you kind of have to do what you love and it's beyond the paycheck. And I'm probably going outside the bounds of the story, but that's kind of what I took away from it. Um, what was your take on the story? That was precisely my takeaway from it, Paul. And and I've believed in this philosophy for years. Uh, this is what I'm teaching my kids. Um, you know, and it's funny, the coincidence of this conversation, because we were just talking about this around the, the dinner table last night. And, it, you know, it starts out with that. You look at an 11 year old and an eight year old and you say, what do you want to be when you grow up or what do you think you want to be? Um, but it but it grew into it, you know, and, and right now one of them wants to be a YouTuber. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have <laughs> one I now. Guess, you know, people have done that. That's fine. Thirteen hundred uh, fo- followers on TikTok <laughs> right now. I get the updates daily from my daughter. But, yeah, Sorry, I but, interrupted. But, uh, no, that's okay. no way. Well, we're going to have to check out that page. But but um you know, the, the point being is that, uh, you know, an 11 year old and an eight year old don't necessarily know what they, they want to be right when they grow up, but they have an idea of what interests them. And so the, the, the tack that I'm taking is, is encouraging them to follow their interests. Uh, and, and we said that, you know, frankly, right out loud, you know, you've got to do the things that you enjoy in life. Um, and we used, you know, ourselves as an example. I mean, my wife was in marketing and she did a hard pivot three, four years ago into teaching, um, you know, polar opposites as far as I'm concerned in terms of careers, um, at least the way you might pursue them formally. Um, you know, the skills are transferable, but nevertheless, um, you got to do what you love. Go find what you love and go do that thing. And the, the paycheck will follow, right? If you Because if you do it well, if you do it and you enjoy it, you're more likely to do it well. And if you do it well, you're probably going to get paid more, right? You're going you're gonna to climb up through the ranks. You're going to succeed more. You're going to create more business for yourself. And that's really the key, I think, to, to happiness and the key to you know, walking through a, a lifetime of, of working and earning money, which we all have to do. So, yeah, I, I like this article, you know, go, go find the thing that you love. Go, you know, it's easier. It's easier said than done, obviously. But go find the thing that you love. Go do that thing. Don't chase a paycheck uh, or don't go into an education sort of finding a career because you're chasing a paycheck. Go go do the thing you like. Yeah, I wish I had. I, I think I'm going to listen back on the podcast this week, which which I always do. And I'm going to wish that this particular segment was looping for like 30 days when I was 18 in my uh, on my cassette, <laughs> maybe I have it on cassette year. back then, uh, because I wish I had uh, followed that device advice. Um, everything's cool, but um, y- you never know, right? Depending on you know where your dreams follow you, and I think I've talked about this in the past. I'm not quite sure what I want to be when I grow up yet, but um, I'm running out of time. But anyway, well, we came from that. We came from that generation, right? We're probably the last one, the, the last generation, Paul. Where you know, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a you know, one of the one of those, you know, one of those college pursuit, college education pursuit careers, right? One of those formal education careers. And and I think the reality is um, and this is before we even got into the, you know, the economic situation we've been in in the in the last year or so. Um, the reality is um, 
that that the, the world needs all types of people doing all types of jobs. And if something interests you and you can make money doing it, you should go do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's a, that's a that's a good way to close out that that story. I think we could probably do a whole podcast on it. But um, at this point, we'll, we'll jump to the second story, which is from the Mooresville Tribune. Uh, five credit mistakes that can haunt you. And and I think this is kind of a rinse and repeat story. I think we've talked about some of these things in the past and they all make sense, right? If common mistakes that can hurt your finances in terms of your credit and such are, you know, missing a payment, making late payments, uh, co-signing for a loan, never, ever, ever. Um, that's a no-no. Uh, not checking your credit on a regular basis. And you could do that through annualcreditreport.com. I actually, as a little tip, you, you're allowed to have three credit reports a year from the different providers. So what I do is I put it in my calendar and I stagger them. So I get a credit report every four months um, from one of the bureaus. And that kind of keeps me on track. Um, ignoring the details, right? Um, opening a line of credit or doing something and, and not reading the fine print when it comes to the finances. Um, the one thing I disagreed with in this story was was rating retirement funds to pay debt. And I get what they were talking about, but Jody, we've talked about this a number of times. And uh, as long as there's a safe and strategic approach to quote unquote rating, I don't even like the word rating retirement funds to pay debt, but um, if there's a strategic approach to tapping your retirement funds for the greater good of yourself or your family, I think you have to look at it. So I disagree with the article from that perspective, but everything else I'm in line with. Uh, Jody, what was your take on this article? Yeah, picking up on that, I, I agree with you there. And and I think what they mean by this article, I'm going to make an assumption here. What they mean is, you know, uh, rating your retirement to pay off a credit card. Uh, you know, that's just sort of this this pile of purchases that you don't even remember what they were. Um, uh, you know, because I do agree with you, Paul. Um, and, uh, and, and I can see this scenario where you, you rate a, uh, you know, a, a pile of retirement funds that you're not going to touch until, you know, 20, 30 years from now to pay off a debt that you're going to pay for 20 or 30 years, um, and sort of tread water on being able to contribute to your retirement. So I agree if you want to grab that retirement money, Put it on a large debt that's not going to come back. I think that's the key to it. It's not a credit card that you can swipe again and get into the same trouble, but it's, you know, maybe it's a student loan. Maybe it's a second mortgage. Maybe it's, you know, something else that can go away and not come back. I think that's a smart use of retirement money, um, assuming you have that decade or two to put back into it, because then what you should be doing is if you wipe out that big payment, you should turn around and take at least a portion of what you would have been paying to that payment and pay it back into your retirement, or at least put it into a lockbox secure, uh, uh, savings account, which you can then use for other things as you move through the years. Um, so agree with you that you, you do need to consider that if it's a strategic, smart move for you. Yep, absolutely. But the other things in here, um, you know, I think they're they're financial 101, right? Uh, not missing payments and, yeah. and, and, and some of these other pieces around co-signing a loan, which we've talked about, oh. very dangerous, not only for the uh, for you financially, but also from a relationship perspective for whoever you're co-signing for, right? Because inevitably, all the stories that I've heard about co-signing typically don't end well because nope. the, the reason why the people need someone to sign on the loan is because the, the financial firms don't think that that person is capable of paying back the loan. Um, so that's the fundamental. But I think it's a heartbreaker because I think 
forgetting about the money, putting the money aside. Um, too many stories of just um, families ruined and friendships ruined over co-signing of, of yeah, loans. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I would just do it. Not the easiest even... thing to fight, fight about is money. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, th I think we've beat up that story quite a bit. So I think we'll, we'll go on <laughs> to our weekly topic, which is healthcare in our golden years, the costs tied to elder care, uh, elder care for ourselves, as well as the sandwich generation. So, uh, and Jody, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but I, I think I have more skin in the game when it comes to my situation. I, I don't think you're quite there yet, but um, I'm experiencing some stuff firsthand. My grandmother, who's in her 90s, um, we're hitting a point where, you know, not to go into a lot of detail, but, you know, she she is currently um, in, in rehab in a nursing home right now. And But before she went in, there was a lot of debate for a long time as to how do we work with, with, with grandma and how do we get her the right care she needs without you know, disrupting her life. There's a lot of things that go into it, Jody. And and the reason why I picked the story this week is it kind of hits home because I think it's not just the financial toll, but it's also the emotional toll that ties with this. You have a loved one who who needs more care as they get older, and you, and and this is going to turn out for us as well, right? Um, you know, and I think uh, and we're in that sandwich generation where you know, um, not sure what the next twenty years will bring, but there's a good chance that. You know, with economies and costs, and especially the the recovery out of COVID, um, our kids might be with us longer. Our parents might be with us longer. Um, th there's a lot of things that might come into play, and they call that the sandwich generation, where you you have to care about not only your uh, your elders, but you have to care about your kids. So you're stuck in the middle working, and I I've seen this also firsthand um, over and over again, Jody, in terms of people that are supporting both sides of the equation. Um, so it's very interesting. So right now, my grandmother's doing okay, and I think in some weird way, the choice was made for us. Um, she had an incident where she had to go into a nursing home for, for rehab for at least two months, and, and we're going to see how that goes, right? But there's a lot that goes into it, and once you get past the emotions, and we'll go into that, to that today with the topics, but there's a lot of financial considerations that you have to consider uh, for, for, for people and especially yourself. So we'll try to touch upon it, Jody. I, I agree with you as we talked about it at the, at the before we started recording today. Um, we're, this is new territory for us, right? This is my first foray into this. I have a good friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, um, who, who spent a lot of time taking care of his parents. Um, and, and God bless him. Uh, he did a wonderful job, a wonderful son. Um, Starting, he, I know he's starting to experience that a little bit again. I won't go into detail, but once again, he stepped up to the plate and he's handling everything. Um, so uh, what a great guy. Um, but everyone takes a different approach to these things. So, so Jody, I know I said a lot, but I'll just get, uh, what's your current situation? I know you don't, you're not really in the middle of anything like this, but what's your take on this before we jump into the, to the topics? Yeah, it, you're right, Paul. We're not yet to the point where we have to think about uh, uh, parents going into uh, any kind of uh, 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 and whether it's an assisted living or a nursing home or, or anything like that we're, we're very lucky um, and, and that that also seems to be that it's very far away um, my wife's grandmother uh, is up in age she's in her mid 90s uh, still going strong um, but she does have some care that comes into the house you know, understandably um, 
And yeah, this is a big issue that everybody has to deal with sooner or later. And I think that's going to be, you know, what I'm what I'm going to lend to the podcast here today, uh, not having this firsthand experience that you do. Um, this is something that everyone's going to have to deal with sooner or later. And this stuff costs money. We'll step away from the emotional side of it for mm. just a moment, which is which is huge. But but this does cost money. And so I think you need to, you know, load this into everything else that you're considering when you're thinking about um, bills that are going to be coming down the pike. And, you know, when we talk about things like our own retirement, our kids college, um, any kind of major purchases that we want to make, whether it's, you know, that car every few years or it's that whatever else thing that, you know, the vacation or the whatever else. And those are the somewhat trivial expenses, too. But I, I mentioned them because they're all examples of things that you can predict. And this is another example of something you can predict that is going to be coming. So I think to stick your head in, your sa in the sand and say, well, we'll deal with it when we get there. Well, I, I don't take that approach personally. Um, and so I think it's smart of people to, one, be saving up just a little bit of money on the side to deal with this when it comes along because it is a monster of a bill. I know that for sure. It is a monster of a bill when it comes down the pike. And yes, there are, you know, there are insurance implications and things like that that can help to pay for it. But the reality is, is that if you have a, a anything from a moderate to a severe case where you have to have someone who is receiving regular care, whether it's in the home or whether you're going into an assisted living or a nursing home, that's like paying for college over and over and over again. Uh, it's a huge bill. And so you really need to, one, I think, as your parents get up there, start to educate yourself and two, start to save for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, yeah, it's spot on. And I think that unfortunately you know it's one of these things where um if you're not if you don't carefully plan it could really wreck lives um and 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 i know situations where you know i've heard you know you, you have a married couple one has to go into a nursing home and it bankrupts the family and and the other spouse is stuck right because nothing was planned properly um, there, there's a lot of implications when it comes to these types of things. And I think a lot of people kick the can down the road and just figure, well, it's, you know, I'll worry about it when it happens. And then when it happens, oh boy, it, it really is crazy. So um, I'll jump into the topics. I put a short list together and I don't think it's an exhaustive list, but I'll try to touch upon what I've been seeing, Jody, and what came to my mind as I'm going through some of these pieces. One is is nursing homes, right? And, and I think depending on who you speak to, they may have a, a bad connotation or a good connotation, right? I, I think, you know, you, people will tell you there's horror stories about nursing homes and how they treat the elderly, and then other people will tell you that it's great. Um, I think it depends on the situation. I think for, for me, uh, going through the situation I'm in, I was trying to, to help and, and, and pick, you know, where I think uh, my grandmother would, would be suited best, and, and I spent a lot of time with my mother, um, over some dinners, kind of really iterating on this. And, and we narrowed, the, you know, from my perspective, and please, everyone out there, you do your own research on this. I'm just going to tell you what I did was I, I kind of said, Ma, let's just, let's pick three places, right? Three places that we know are kind of, you know, local, visitable, uh, good reputation, et cetera. Let's pick those three. 
start to email them, start to call them, do some visits, jot down some notes. Let's ask the right questions. Uh, we went online to Google and we Googled, hey, how do you find a great nursing home? Lists of 20 questions, boom, lists of 40 questions to ask, right? Social activities, rehab on-prem, do they have a doctor there? There's so many things that um, come into play. And, and, and so the long story short was um, we, we followed that rule for us and we found three really nice places uh, that we thought were, were good. And uh, like I said, we, we, we actually didn't have to make a decision, that hard decision, because the decision sort of got made for us, Jody, with a recent incident with my grandmother. So we picked the place and luckily we had it picked. Like we were thinking about it already. Now, thank God we were thinking about it because if, it, if the incident happened without us researching, she would have went spin the wheel. I don't know. They would have put her wherever, right? So we knew where we wanted her to be. And, and we're about three weeks in and we probably got another six weeks to go, so to speak. And we'll find out how, you know, right now with COVID, it's hard to visit. We're getting reports, but things are looking good, right? She's doing okay. Um, she's being socialized with other people in the nursing home and she's getting the care that she needs. So there's, a, you know, now the minus is she's not with her family, but um, on a daily basis like she was before. But it, it is, you're trying to balance all these things. Very, very tough decisions. I feel like I'm rambling, Jody, but the, the big takeaway for, for nursing homes, if you're in that situation, is, is do your research. Don't boil the ocean, so to speak, by picking 20 nursing homes. Uh, pick the three that you like. Ask friends, family, all the normal things that you would do in selecting, whether it's a contractor or a, or a, or, or, or a bank or a mortgage company. Uh, same thing applies, right? You pick your three that you're comfortable with. You, 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 you do your due diligence. You, you ask the right questions. You write it all down. And you come up with the best decision based on the facts you have at the time. Uh, Jody, any, I know I went on a lot there, but Jody, any, any um, color on the uh, nursing home topic? No, nah, Paul, I, I'm really impressed with, with all of that and, and appreciate you sharing that um, because it's true. You know, there, th this is a decision for the entire family. Um, it, it, and it is a decision that should, if you possibly can, I think, be made with the person who is going to be going into the rehab. Um, you know, I, I think there are also a lot of misconceptions about sort of what, nurse a nursing home a nursing and rehab uh, an assisted living you know what what all of these mean um and and let's just set aside you know all the complications of what's going on with covid right now with with nursing homes because people are not allowed to visit any nursing homes right now it's a it's a it's at least in new york state it's it's a state mandate that that visitors are not allowed and have not been allowed since march um and that's one of the complications that are going on right now is that um um, some people are, are um, having an, an even tougher time uh, in the rehab because they can't have their family, can't have that family contact, you know, and, and I think we can all agree FaceTime is a lot different from sitting in a room with someone you love mm -hmm. and holding their hand and having a conversation with them and all that. Um, but, um, but, but there are a lot of, of uh, there are a lot of questions that, that need to be answered before you do go into that. And so, Paul, you put your finger on it. Uh, doing some research in advance um, before the decision needs to get made for you when you're in a rush, you know, because someone fell down the stairs or whatever um, is really critical um, because then that decision gets made for you. And you, it, it's kind of like going to the grocery. It may be a bad analogy, but it's kind of like going to the grocery store and it's like, I need milk. 
you know, and mm. you know, the only milk that they have is like the one they make from almonds or something. You're like, oh, I'll go, I'll go get get that one. I mean, you know, you wouldn't buy that if you had a gun to your head. But you, you've got to here you are, and you need milk, right? <laughs> so, um, so the the point being is that, and now I'm rambling. But the point is, is you know, having a little bit of information, a little bit of research at your disposal. I think, Paul, you're really smart of you. Yeah, no, thank you. And it's funny, it, it reminds me of during COVID, I bought garbanzo bean pasta, which I'm not sure if I'm ever going to eat, but mm, I, I had to grab it off the nice shelf. Nice choice. Right, so that's one of these things. And one of the things I want to tie to, which I want to touch upon, which uh, the emotions aside, is the financial. Um, nursing homes are very expensive. Um, and and uh, in full transparency, um, you know, it, it will wipe my, my grandmother's financials away. Right, whatever she worked for all her life is now going to be gone, um, depending on how the nursing home situation plays out. Um, so, so it's very expensive. I'm, we're talking, you know, multiples of thousands per week. Um, I, you know, I guess it depends on what part of the country you're in, but man, it, it is very, very expensive. And 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 so that is one thing that I, I kind of knew it always was, but boy, I didn't realize how much how expensive it is. And you touched upon assisted living, which I guess is one step before the nursing home where, you know, people, I had a few friends where their, their parents went into this, where they sell their assets and they decide to live in an apartment setting in an assisted living community, which is not quite a nursing home. It's more of a private, uh, you, you have your own apartment, but you have people there to help you and your meals and you could go. It has everything I think a nursing home has, but with more independence and and once again i wish i had researched this more jody um but that's kind of my take on it um but once again very expensive right you're essentially signing over all your assets in life to the assisted living center at that time to figure out how you're going to you know um work forward and i had a friend of mine whose whose grandfather went into assisted living he wasn't there that long um it didn't i don't think it worked out for him the way they had planned um, I don't think it was independent enough, um, and and I think that it just um, this long term it probably wasn't the best choice for that situation. But everyone is different, right? You, and you never going to know until people are in the middle of that situation to figure out how it how it's going. Um, there's also the aspect of in home care, which we tried with my grandmother. We had people coming in once again, very expensive, um, especially uh, most people are under the misconception that the government will pay for you know, in-home care. Not really. Um, that's that's a misnomer. That's a myth. Um, some situations, yes, but in most situations, no. Um, they consider it a luxury, right, to have in-home care unless there's a real medical issue. So I did a lot of research when we were looking for in-home care providers. I had a dear friend uh, who's a nurse that helped me find a good in-home care person or agency a few years ago. And we went through that, and, and I basically, my question to him, because he dealt with these different agencies day in and day out for many years, I said, who would, who would you get for your dad? And he told me. And I said, I don't have to ask any more questions, right? That You told me. That's what I need to know. Um, and it worked out, but it became very expensive, and then it became, it wasn't working as well anymore. She needed more than the four hours a day that the, the, the agency can provide. But some of the tips here are that you know when it comes to in-home care you want to make sure you're getting a reputable agency um, or someone very reputable with references uh, to come in and take care of your loved one um, 
you don't want to find I probably get a lot of flack for this I don't think you want to find your in-home care specialist on Craigslist um, and no, you, you save not. five bucks an hour. You do yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, you save five bucks and an you can, hour. You can go, you know, actually, nursing homes, you can go to a nursing home and you can ask for a reference. They, mm -hmm. the, they will give you uh, uh, home care aides that they work with, that are licensed, that are insured, that do a good job, that you can depend on. So I would say if you're looking for in-home care, go to the nursing home that, you, that you're interested in or just the one that has a reputation and ask them for references. That's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, and, and both assisted living and in-home care come with a huge price tag. I think a lot more money than even in a nursing home in some respects, um, if you compare the comparative care. I mean, in-home care, if you were to have someone come in and take care of your loved one 24 seven, like a nursing home would do, uh, as an independent provider, you probably have to have that shift oriented. You're essentially paying for two to three people full-time to be at your loved one's care, right? And then assisted living is kind of along the same vein where, you know, you're you're kind of pledging all your money to that one agency and and you're, you know, you you kind of give up most of your control over the financials. Now, once again, when it comes to estate planning and stuff, we'll dive into that a little bit. Um, and maybe some of that stuff could be worked out, but my take is most of the time the assets are moved, right? Um, to to the to the agency or to, you know, to the assisted living facility. So I know that there's a lot that I've been kind of riffing on, Jody, when it comes to assisted living and in-home care and nursing homes. So these are the different types of care that you could get for your loved ones. I think those are the three major categories. So we'll go into kind of the fourth topic that I had jotted down, which is long-term care insurance, right? And this is supposed to pay for your nursing home and assisted living. Um, you know, so that's great. Sounds great, right? Um, very expensive assisted living. And, and, and there's a rule of thumb where you don't get it until you retire, but then people will argue, no, you have to get it in your 40s and 50s. Um, and Jody, I'm going to leave that topic. We're going to touch upon it lightly because I don't want to give up, give out too much advice on it. The one thing I'm going to say is when it comes to long-term care insurance, and I haven't personally done anything with it at this point, my plan is to get it maybe in my 60s as a rule of thumb that I've heard from other financial planners and pay the premium when I'm 60s, in my 60s to have it, if I could afford it at that time. Maybe I'm making a mistake not getting it now, but that's going to be my rule of thumb. And I don't know anybody else who, who currently has it. So my rule of advice when it comes to long-term care insurance is if you think you need it or you think a loved one needs it, do your investigative work, find out more about it, shop it out, to multiple, just like I talked about earlier in the podcast, shop it out to the different uh, long-term care insurance providers and really become, an, get a great understanding and then make a, a decision based on, you know, three different agencies or three different policies, right? And then you can pull the trigger um, on it. So one, you have to figure out whether you want it or not. Two, you have to figure out whether you need it or not. And three, once you figure out that you want it and need it, do your due diligence in finding out more about the insurance. So Jody, what's your take when it comes to long-term care insurance? Um, I, I think it's a personal um, decision, like you said, Paul, that needs to be made. Um, again, I haven't had experience with it either. Um, I think that anything that can um, help defray the cost is something you should consider, um, but you should also be very, very careful with sort of prepaying uh, or, or putting a lot of money into something that you may need someday if something happens kind of situation. So um, just be careful about, you know, where you put your money and how you spend it. 
Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Which I think kind of goes into the next piece, which is preparing financially and saving. And we talked about that at the beginning of the podcast, but if anyone takes anything away from what we're talking about today, take away what I said earlier in the podcast about my grandmother. It is so expensive, all this stuff, nursing home, assisted living, in-home care, looking at all the different options. It's so expensive that if you're not prepared financially, there's still options out there, but if you're not prepared financially, you don't have the money, what typically happens is the, the money for your, your care, they'll exhaust every amount of dollar that you have in your savings, your home. They'll take everything. The government will take everything and or the, the nursing home will take everything you own. You give it to them. When that money runs out, then they'll sign up for Medicare or Medicaid, whatever the the standard is, and they'll be get their payments from the government. So it's kind of a sad end to the life if you're not financially prepared for this, which quite frankly, Jody, happens to, I don't even know what the stats are. They got to be high in terms of people that they get to the end of the life and all of a sudden something happens, they need this type of care. And now everything they've worked for all their lives is is wiped out. So you really have to prepare financially and you really have to look at your savings and have those goals set. And it's kind of a weird goal to set, right? Because most people set goals around, I want to buy a new house. I want to put my kids through college. Things that are more tangible or have kind of a positive or you can enjoy the outcome. I'm not sure if you can enjoy the outcome of the nursing home. Right, Jody? I, I don't know. I, I don't. Well, I, th- I think you I think you can because, you know, it's it's preparing for the best outcome of something that could be potentially negative, right? If you don't prepare and you're not ready for this, as ready as you can be, and let's put that disclaimer on it, um, you're, you're going you're gonna to get what the world throws at you. So why not, going back to the core idea that we've talked about a number of times, Paul, being intentional, not just with your money, but with your life, being intentional with the circumstances that you yeah, can probably safely better coming down the pike um get ready for that stuff get ready for it and you know i I think there is not to disagree with you but i think there is a good outcome to putting to to having someone go from living at home to an assisted living to a nursing home i think there is a good outcome for that because it's the quality of life for that person um to be the best it can possibly be and i know that there's this old adage about oh we're gonna put mom in a nursing home you know like you're sticking her in a filing cabinet and slamming the door shut that's not what happens in, in good assisted livings, in good nursing and rehabs. Um, they help people get better. I'll tell you, I have a client that is a, that is a nursing home, and um, they have successfully rehabilitated more than 160 people who were diagnosed with COVID. That's 160 lives that they saved in the last eight months. Um, you talk about a good outcome, that's a good outcome. Yeah, that that is incredible. And and I'm glad you called that out because once in a while things will spike in my head as we're having this dialogue, Jody. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drift off for a sec. The reason why I thought that my grandmother would benefit from the nursing home experience um, was because when I was a little kid, my my father's mother had to go into a nursing home. And I think I might have been six or seven or eight years old, and she lived with us in the family home. Uh, that I grew up in. She lived upstairs from me. And uh, long story short, um, she was overweight, 
she had bad diabetes and things for her were getting out of control in terms of, and I won't go into the details, but she wasn't doing well at our house. Uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, just wasn't working. And I remember that as a little kid. I sort of remember what was going on. And my father made the decision, he was an only child, um, to, to put her in a nursing home. And coincidentally, in the same nursing home that my grandmother now is in. And I remember her going in and a few months later, and we used to visit her every, every Saturday or Sunday, we would go visit her. Um, but two or three months later, it was like a night and day difference uh, to the point where, you know, I, I think that she was, you know, she lost weight. Her mind was back to on track. Um, she was socializing. She became like the, 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 the mayor of the nursing home, so to speak. Everyone knew my grandmother back then. I remember this as a little kid. I, I want to say I was between seven and 10. I can't re tell you the exact age, Jody. I'd have to ask my parent, my mother. But it was a miraculous recovery. And I was trying to convey that to my family now about my, my grandmother who's in the nursing home and rehabbing now. So like I said, the decision was sort of made for us because of an incident. But I'm hoping for the same type of turnaround, right? That I saw with my grandmother, my first, you know, my my father's mother. Um, I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but to your point, Jody, I think that care for a person under the right environment can make a world of difference, medically, physically, mentally, for the patient. And that's what I'm hoping for with my grandmother. So you know, hopefully in the next few months, I'll, I I could give an update as to how she's doing. But um, that's what I saw with my father's mother miraculous turnaround and and she, and she did fine in the nursing home so i just you prompted me remembering that jody so thank you i appreciate yeah, that i just i just wanted to to do that i'm and i'm glad i'm glad you brought that story out paul because that's i i think that's one of the myths that need to be dispelled about nursing homes nursing i mean listen look at the name nursing and rehab rehab it's like to rehabilitate you why? To send you home. <laughs> yeah. That's real. You know, this is not, you know, yes, there are long-term care facilities because people, you know, have just reached the point where they can't care for themselves anymore for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, a nursing and rehab, an assisted living, yes, that's, that's saying, okay, mom isn't any good in her house by herself anymore. She needs to live in a place where she's got more people around her. And this is, you know, uh, a, a socially invigorating environment. Um, she can be a little independent because she's kind of in her own apartment, but she can also, you know, go visit with the people who are there. It's nice and easy. There are medical uh, staff on site to take care of her, do what she needs to do, that whole kind of thing. Um, but but the whole point of these places is to care for these people, not to catalog them and to stuff them away. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing I think we've neglected to talk about is it's not just for the it's not just for the elderly. <laughs> Right. You have a catastrophic oh, no. accident oh, or no. you have something that happens in your life that forces you to go into a long term care type situation. It might not just be age. It could be a number of different things. It could be, you know, illness. It could be an accident. It could be a number of things. So um, it's one of those things that, you know, um, you have to, you know, uh, and to your point, Jody, that's what they're there for is to help you get back to where you need to be. And, and mentally, physically, emotionally, that's the goal, right? And that's what they typically um, probably are, you know, that's what they're focused on. And to your point, sometimes they get a bad rap because maybe there's a few bad apples in the bunch, but that's with everything in life. There you go. 
right? So I think that's that's key. To, so that goes back to doing your research, doing your due diligence, making sure you're trying to find the right place, the right situation with the facts you have at the time. Um, the last topic we'll touch upon is estate planning, uh, protecting the kids, protecting other family members, um, protecting your spouse. Um, once again, I'm not going to dole out legal advice here. We've talked about this on other podcasts. Um, at a minimum, uh, you want to have a will. At a minimum, you want to have a healthcare proxy. At a minimum, you want to have a power of attorney for someone you trust that can help you if you can't make those decisions. There's a number of pieces that you need in place. And the right way to do it is to see an attorney, but maybe even a more specialized attorney, an elder care specialized attorney, which could talk to you about Sometimes uh, they'll talk about, you know, Medicare and Medicaid and planning and wills and estates and trusts. And if you find a really good elder care uh, attorney, they could walk you through this journey. So instead of trying to give you, you know, the, the, the advice, I, I'll just tell you that I have a will, I have a uh, health care proxy, and I have a uh, power of attorney, right? My wife has the same. We're for each other. Um, in the event that we're both in the same situation, we have another, you know, so it's all kind of categorized, but, we, you know, we have the minimum, the bare minimum requirements at this point when it comes to that. Um, but if you really need to dig deep, and even if you're in the middle of it, let's say you get to the situation now and all of a sudden this comes up, it, it, you could proactively see an elder care attorney or you, you do it when it happens. Um, in fact, I got the name of a really good elder care attorney from a dear friend of mine, uh, gave it to my mother. And, you know, for, I think, you know, uh, maybe $1,000 or less, right, for the initial kind of walkthrough, um, money well spent, right? We haven't done it yet, but that's something we're considering. So, Jody, what's your take when it comes to estate planning and, and finding the right people to help you with these decisions when it comes to your finances? I think it's another one of those things where you can, you have a choice to make. You can either let life determine what happens to you or you can determine what happens to your life. Uh, and so whatever decisions you need to make, whether that's a, a, a living will, uh, estate, trust, you name it. There are all types of vehicles and all types of professionals that can help you out. Um, and if this is on your, your mind, and I think it should be on your mind, uh, the older you get, um, then you should just you know go and list the services of those professionals to, to help you out. Paul, you've done it yourself. Um, I'm overdue to do it full confession, uh, and I need to do it. But uh, point is, is that um, you, you should go and get it done. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I guess we'll jump into the summary recap. And, and I think for me, the recap is give this a listen, use me as the example, and think about your situation, right? Think about your parents, think about your grandparents, think about yourself, um, and, and kind of see if there's anything you could do now that you may need to do now that you may want to investigate. Maybe it's just simply Googling and learning more about this. Maybe you're in a situation where uh, you want to, you know, prompt your estate planning. Uh, whatever would prompt you from the examples I cited today, hopefully that motivates you to do one thing this week to help you plan better when it comes to your elder care situation or a family member. Uh, Jody, what's your takeaway from today? I think it's just that there's so much here, right? And, and we've really just grazed the surface of this whole issue. Um, there's so much here and there's so many different scenarios and variables and, you know, obviously money that's at stake here. So you really got to wrap your arms around this. You can't 
it, it's very easy, I think, to just, like we said, sort of push it away and said, oh, I'll deal with it later. Um, it's common. So don't don't deal with it later. You know, maybe you don't need to, you know, have a full blown plan in place today right now. But in the course of the next several months, depending on your situation, whether it's a several, you know, several days, weeks, months, a year, you know, get some education on this. Um, and, and start, frankly, start, start dealing with the, the financial impact of it. You know, what's going to happen when this situation, uh, rears its, rears its head. Um, cause like you, like you said, Paul, you know, sometimes it'll come out of nowhere and, and now you're standing in the, and now you're standing in the grocery aisle going, I need milk. And the only thing they have is almond. So yeah. just, you know, sorry to beat up the almond milk lovers. Or garbanzo it, bean pasta. Or garbanzo bean pasta. <laughs> You gotta watch out for the packaging. It's all about the <laughs> Well, Jody, I thoroughly the better enjoyed... the better it looks in the package, the worse it tastes. That's right. That's right. Well, Jody, good recap. I think this was an interesting podcast today. Uh, hopefully, people got some good stuff out of it. Um, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail .com, or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.